the Extra Point Playoff Edition. I'm here with Matt and Bobby via cell phone. What's going on, gentlemen? What's going on, fellas? How you doing? Ready to be back? I'm here. I'm ready to roll. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, the playoffs have arrived. We've finally gotten there. It's been a long season, but we have our playoff teams. We'll be talking about the wild card prediction games tonight. We're also going to cover a few Coach of the Year, Player of the Year nominees. Um, and as well, give our final scores for our season records and locks. Um, we'll also talk about coaches that have currently been fired or on the bubble or that are just playing a little safe. Uh, I'm sure you'll hear a little bit about the Falcons, Jags, and Cowboys tonight, too. So stay tuned for that as well. Um, a little bit of Redskins action, too. Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe a little bit of that for sure. Yes, absolutely. We all have a comment to make after uh, Dan Snyder's nice Thanksgiving comment. So thoughtful. So thoughtful of him. Let's go ahead and uh, jump in, though. We'll finish with our season records. Uh, so, week 17 finished. We have the final score in front of us of our first ever prediction league. And we have a pretty clear-cut winner. Uh, we also have a, a lock winner as well. So, we'll start out with the week 17 totals for wins. It is, uh, after week 17, Bobby, you had a rough week. You went 6-10. and 10. Uh, I, I went eight or I'm sorry. I went 500 at eight and eight and Matt, you went seven and nine for that week. So the final scores are in third place. You have Matt 144 and 112. You have me, Wes, 153 and 103. And then Bobby, you were our winner at 163 and 93. Had a 10 nice cushion there the whole season and finished up with a 10 win lead. So you are our inaugural champion. Hey, you know what, man? The old guy, always, I mean, I've done it a little bit longer than you guys, man. I'm not that much older, but I've done it a little bit longer, so uh, you guys probably get me next year. Yeah. Well, for this year, you are our champion. And then as far as locks, uh, Matt, you finished third barely at 10-7. and seven. Bobby, 11-6 and six in second, and I finished first at 13-4. and four. Uh, So I took the locks home. And uh, that's pretty much it for that. That was a fun thing to do, though. It was cool to kind of go throughout the year and uh, – and see how well we stacked up against some of the uh, so-called experts. I'm pretty proud of how all of us did. We all finished over 500 and uh, had some pretty crazy lock victories throughout the season as well. Yeah, and you know we get to start a new one right now too. You know, with the playoffs coming up, so I'm sure we're going to start a little playoff pool too here. And oh yeah, we'll see what happens. Oh yeah, we will definitely see what happens. Let's go ahead and talk about some coaches. So we had some coaches fired in the last few days. Uh, you saw Ron Rivera earlier in the season get fired by the Panthers, but we also had Freddie Kitchens get fired. You had Jay Gruden earlier in the season get fired, and uh, Pat Shermer was also fired. And word on the street now is Jason Garrett will either be fired or he is. they're just going to let his contract run out, which expires, in, uh, I believe, in two weeks, 13th or the 14th of the season. Uh, let's go ahead and start out with uh, Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens was fired after the uh, the loss on December 29th after one season as the head coach. He also went down with his GM, Glenn Dorsey, who was also fired. Matt, what's your take on that firing? Good call, bad call. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think it was a good call for sure. Browns were a mess all year. You could tell Kitchens was way over his head the entire time. And uh, they should have did it, you know, months ago. Uh, instead of having him, you know, go up there on the podium after games and BS his way through the, you know, after these horrible losses. So, uh and then the, now the GM has parted ways too, so Browns are still a mess. We all thought this was going to be the year they were going to turn the corner, or at least you know, go nine and seven, eight and eight, show a little something. Show and, some sort uh, of sign of life. They just showed that they're still the Browns. 
They did. Now, do you agree with the Dorsey firing as well? Do you think that was a smart move? Um, I mean, uh, you know, I guess what you would call a fan of John Dorsey. I think he knows what he's doing. I mean, look at the team that he's – I mean, you know, some of the pieces were already there when he got there, but you know, right. he did acquire a few pieces. Um, it just didn't gel, and uh, maybe it's a good thing for him. So we'll see. Yeah, I kind of agree with you on that. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that firing. I think that, uh, you know, Dorsey had, like you said, built something really good. I think he had taken advantage of the draft picks, uh, the trades, uh, all that, even with the OBJ. I think that was, that was, those were genuine good moves. I just think the one mistake was the head coach. And I think if they would have brought in a little bit more experience of a head coach, um, they would have had a shot at, at, at something seriously good this year. And I, we all saw the issue. I mean, not uh, just us, I'd say fans of any team and a lot of NFL experts. Kitchens was not going to last in that position. And it was just so much to handle. I mean, you basically had uh, uh, somewhat of a dream team sitting there. You had Garrett, who was having a great year. Um, Odell Beckham could have been something great. Chubb was averaging over 100 yards a game at one point during the season. Uh, definitely their their workhorse, who they should have used a little bit more, in my opinion, I think would have led to a few more wins. Bobby, what do you feel about that? I mean, I do. I mean, they're, you know, it's, I mean, to me, it was inevitable, you know, with uh, Cleveland Browns having all those expectations going into the year, you know, obviously with, um, you know, uh, Landry, Odell Beckham, and um, uh, I mean, just the high-powered offense that they have right now, Freddie Kitchens, you know, kind of was set up to have a really good season, you know, coming on. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, they did not live up to the expectations, and um, I mean, it's inevitable. I mean, uh, I mean, when you Johnny Manziel, you know, and company before that that he had, and um, I mean, it's just it's a situation right now where, I mean, it was inevitable. I mean, he's got to go. I mean, there was a lot of talent on that team. You know, I mean, they had a lot of rough games. They did not live up to their opportunities, and um, it's going to be interesting to taste that call. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of head coaches out there that can take that role right now. It's going to be interesting who they get. I think I'm going to go after Josh McDaniels right now. Defensive mind, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think Josh McDaniels is a good option for them. I don't know whether he'll actually go there or not. I kind of have an inkling he's trying to hang on and wait till Belichick leaves so he can take over the Patriots. But uh, from what they made it seem like is that if McDaniels were interested in the job, he would assume a Belichick-like role in Cleveland where he would be the GM and the uh, the head coach. I don't know how well that would work out for him, but uh, it seems like that would be the way that it would roll if he was to uh, to take over there. And I agree, though, because um, it's like what route do you want to go? Do you want to go Josh McDaniels or do you want to go defense? And, you know, Cleveland, obviously Urban Meyer is on everybody's list right now. Uh, obviously, right. everybody knows that, and he has ties to you know the uh, Ohio, you know, Ohio yes. State coach, and, you know, Sound State, and all that. So obviously, the rumor is that he's on their list. So what rate do you want to go? Route do you want to go? Do you want to go offense, or do you want to go? I mean, even though Urban is an offensive amount of guy, it's like do you make a big hire like that. I mean, what do you do though? I mean, that's not a sexy job right now. I don't know. We'll definitely see where they pick up and take off with. Uh, you have. Ron Rivera, again, who was fired earlier in the season by the Carolina Panthers, has since been hired as the head coach for the Washington Redskins and has assigned Jack Del Rio, former Raiders and Jags head coach, as his defensive coordinator. First of all, what do you guys think about the Ron Rivera signing? And secondly, uh, bringing in Del Rio as a defensive coordinator. Uh, Bobby, I'll start with you this time. I'll be honest with you. I don't think the Redskins could have had a better hire in that situation right there. They jumped on the gun. 
They got rid of Gruden, what, seven, eight weeks ago? Mm-hmm. As soon as Rivera got fired, he was out there. They snapped him as early as can be. Rivera, being a coach that he is, that we all know is a very good football coach, has a good track record, defensive minded guy. And to me, though, the biggest thing was him hiring Jack Del Rio, though, as a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's been out of the league for like a year, year and a half or two. And um, those two guys have history together. I think the Redskins hit a home run on this, to be honest with you. Matt, to you. <clears throat> yeah, no, I, I I, mean, I agree. They probably did the best that they, they you know, possibly could. Um, they, that's why they snatched him up early. Uh, they didn't want to wait around and have another team come pick him up and then be left with, you know, really nothing. So on the Redskins, you know, standpoint, they, you know, again, as long as Dan Snyder's the head coach, I mean, the head the coach, owner, the, <laughs> the owner of that team. Sorry. No, you're hey, good. Uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce, uh, Bruce Allen too was huge, though. You know, they, they finally out. did that. Yeah. They finally did that, and that'll help. You know, that that'll help. Um, but I mean, we've seen it before. You know, with uh, Mike Shanahan, he was sort of the the GM head coach kind of deal, and mm-hmm. uh, didn't work out. Joe Gibbs, same thing. When he came back, uh, he was also the GM and, and head coach, and that didn't really do, you know. That was probably the, that was the that was that was the last time the Redskins were even kind of relevant was when he was the you know head coach. So mm-hmm. agreed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what do you uh, what do you think about the Del Rio defensive coordinator? Do you think that's a good mesh right there? Oh yeah, I mean you know he's got you know. You know, he's def- def- defensive, you know, you know him from Jacksonville West. Oh, yeah. uh, he's defensive-minded head coach. Uh, and as a defensive coordinator, you know, he can focus on just the defense. I think it's a perfect fit. <laughs> yep. I agree with now, you. I'll tell you one thing about Del Rio that I really like. Him. You know, he's changing that defense from a 3-4 to a 4-3. Yes. So that's going to let, you know, Montez Sweat, you know, um, get a little more action, you know, rushing the passer, you know. And uh, if they do draft – with their number two pick, who everybody thinks is going to get Chase Young, that's going to really let them hunt the quarterbacks a lot more. That's going to be a really good bookend. If you if if they pick up Chase Chase Young in the draft, I mean, if you look at their defensive line, it's going to be nasty. I mean, they have yeah, Alabama like, boys, like Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and, and they they had them in covering linebackers. Yeah, they, they just had uh, they had Sweat doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. He should have just been focusing on just going after the quarterback. Right, they, they had, had him doing too many things. So Del Rio is going to change that, though, you know, implementing that 4-3. You know what I mean? Yeah, with so, Jonathan Allen already in there, Deron Payne already in there. Uh, yeah. You know, Ryan Kerrigan, he's a, he's a free, he'll be a free agent, so we'll see if they resign him. Um, yeah, Reds, a lot of changes in Redskins, you know, and, and a lot of positivity up this way. And again, as long as Dan Snyder is the, the owner of that team, you know, I'm very skeptical with – you know what to think. Absolutely, I agree. I agree. Del Rio, really. What do you think about what? What do you think, Wes? What do you think those skins are gonna be like right now with Del Rio and um and um Rivera? Well, I'm waiting to see who he picks up as an offensive coordinator because, as we all know, this is an offensive-driven league. But what I will say is, to Matt's point about that defensive front four that he's gonna have now in Washington, he's he's had it before in the past. Obviously, he had a lot of success with the defense in Oakland with uh, Mac when he had them there. Um, and then in, in Jacksonville, he had Stroud and Henderson up front as well, plus Mike Peterson down the middle. So they had a really he's, – he's, he's been accustomed to having pretty good defenses in the past. So, you know, with these people, it's going to fit in perfectly for him, and I think he can get the most out of a lot of these players. I'm just curious to see who they bring in as the offensive mind because it's going to have to be somebody with a heck of a lot of talent because they have a Project QB with uh, 
with Haskins. We don't know what the deal is with Smith at the moment. And Case Keenum, I can assume, will probably be hitting free agency this year because they're just probably going to take the hit and move on because it's just too much to pay at the quarterback position, especially when you're going in to get somebody like Chase Young and to Matt's point as well with with uh, Kerrigan, if they plan on re-signing him. I don't know their cap space situation at the moment, but what I do know is a lot of unused cap is going to get cut really quick with a new, uh, a new GM, and he's not going to care about the pass. He's going to clean slate and move forward. Get rid of Josh Norman finally. Yeah, he'll definitely be gone. Yeah. Be gone. <laughs> hey, hey, don't don't forget though, Josh Norman, you know, and Rivera, you know, they played together. Yeah. yeah. I, I still think he hits the free agent table. Twelve million in cap space. I mean, you you bet he's probably going to get restructured if anything. Then uh, he'd have to have, take a hell know. of a restructure. I don't, I, don't even, I don't know why you would bring him back, man. I mean, the guy hasn't put up numbers in like two and a half years or something like that. It's so been bad, yeah. Back, so, yeah. Redskins accustomed to bad contracts, though. It's nothing crazy for them. Uh, Shermer. I'll be, on, I'll be I'll be honest with you, though, man. I think that you know. I mean. In their case, the scenario right now, I really do think the Redskins probably did the best, you know, at the time, you know, like they were in desperate mode, you know, uh, Snyder, you know, very nervous on the stage saying uh, happy Thanksgiving you yeah. know, yesterday, you know, but I mean, but I mean, it, I think they did a good hire, though, to be honest with you. I think, you know, get, getting uh, Rivera and um, Del Rio and hopefully, I mean, those guys are old school guys. So, I mean, that's what they need in the system. So we'll see what happens. All right. Not the only uh, coaching change to happen in NFC East. We have our second one being Pat Shermer of the New York Giants. He gets the can uh, after December 30th, two seasons in the in the Meadowlands. 9-23 and 23 was his uh, record over the years. So do we have any thoughts on who's going to be taking over in New York? I know Rule seems to be the favorite right now, but I don't know if he's said anything in the recent days since uh, playing against Georgia. But he seemed early on to be the favorite to take that Giants position, even denying an uh, interview with the, uh, with the Cleveland Browns, saying he did not want to attend the meeting with them, which, I mean, who can blame him? Uh, Bobby, you know anything about what's going on in New York? <clears throat> I mean, to be honest with you, right now what's going on in New York is just um... – they need a lot of offensive line help, you know. I mean, they need a lot of player development. I mean, they made the huge draft pick last year, obviously, taking Saquon. Um, I mean, just Shermer just really didn't cut it. I mean, they, when you build a football team, you need to build from the inside out. And I don't think that he really focused on that right there. A lot of people were excited to have Saquon drafted last year at the number two or three pick. I'm not sure what it was. But um, they just didn't address the issues that they needed to right now. And obviously, you know, what I mean, actually, you know, they got um, Danny Dimes. But I just don't think that they um, they don't know what they're going through right now. I think they really need to, like, build from the inside out. I think they're going to go defensive line coach right now. And um, there's a lot of other guys out there right now, like Robert Slay, you know, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers that I've heard that might be interviewing with them this year, but I think that's even the route that they're going to go, you know, or even like a guy like Greg Roman, you know, the Ravens, you know, um, offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, if they want to go offensive route, then you can draft him. So I don't know. It's a tough situation. They just need to rebuild from the inside out. Matt thoughts. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I believe uh, how you build your, you know, the right way to build your football team is from the inside out. That starts, you know, offensive, defensive lines. Um, yes, sir. And, um, they need they I mean they had Eric Flowers uh, and they had the Redskins he's now on the Redskins and they moved him to guard he's he's awful um, they they need a lot of help on both sides of the ball there so yeah start from there 
uh, with the draft. I mean, it's going to take a while. I'm kind of surprised that they got rid of uh, Pat Shermer so soon. I thought they would give him at least one more year just to – because it's going to take – I mean, it's really going to take the Giants several more years to get back to serious playoff contention. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, before, uh, Wes, before you take over this, though, like another person, like, I don't know, like a guy like a Mike McCarthy or something, you know, out there, I, I don't know, like, what their mindset is right now, but – they just got a little rebuilding to do right now because they can really go either way. Mm-hmm. They can go Saquon. either way. You're going to waste Saquon Barkley. Don't forget, running backs only have about a five or six year, you know, dominant lifespan in this league. And you know, he's going on year three this year. You know, and already banged up. He's starting to get banged up. So we'll see. That we will. We move on to our third NFC East team. Uh, three out of four teams will be losing their coaches, it seems, as Jared, Jason Garrett, as it, I don't believe has been made 100% official yet, will be either fired or released at the end of his uh, his contract, which is January 14th, I believe. Uh, so it looks like your people down there in Big D, Bobby, are going to be looking for a new head coach. Matt, I'm going to start with you, though. What do you see going on here as far as a coaching search? Who do you see them going after? Well, I think Jerry Jones is actually going to take probably a little bit of time on this one, uh, evaluate, you know, again, which side of the ball he wants to focus on. Uh, Really got a good offensive, you know, set of players right now. So, my opinion, I think they should, you know, Mike McCarthy, um, you know, if they could steal Josh McDaniels, that would be, you know, amazing. So, um, that's that's what I think. I I think if – if they do get rid of Jason Garrett, they should definitely go with the offensive minded coach. Yeah, I agree with you as well. I think they should also go for an offensive minded head coach. Um, I'm looking at more like Greg Roman. I think that's a really good match right there with them too. Dak kind of fits. He's not Lamar Jackson by any means, but he kind of fits the same type. He's just a little bit bigger, um, which I think he could transition and 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 make his own style over there with Dallas. They have good receivers on offense, good running back. You know the Lions, fantastic defense needs a little bit of help, so you're gonna want to get a good D coordinator in there, which I'm sure Jerry has no problems doing that for him. He'll open the checkbook and uh, get that job done. But I think Greg Roman would be a good match for him. I think he'd work good with the QB running back tandem. It's very similar to what what he has going on in Baltimore right now. Um, Bobby, uh, man of the hour, what you got? You know what, guys? I'll be honest with you, man. Just, you know, obviously following, you know, my team, like you, uh, Matt, have been following the uh, Falcons uh, since you've been watching football in the West. You've been following the Jaguars since you've been watching football. Um, it was time for Jared. Uh, it was time for the class. It was time for Garrett to go. I get it. You know, um, it was hard to let him go because he is part of the family. I mean, he goes back so long as being a you know a backup quarterback for us for mm-hmm. I mean, we're going back 20 years. But I'll tell you what though, um, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to their, their coaching uh, search and hire, obviously Urban Meyer is going to be in that situation. You know, um, I think Jerry's and Jerry and Stephen are really going to go to the college route with this because um, their previous Super Bowls that they had you know, with uh, Jimmy Johnson and Barry Switzer and even like Chan Gailey coming out of Georgia Tech had a lot of success. So I think you're going to see, like, you're going to see, you're not going to see an NFL name, great name. I think you're going to see somebody like, uh, obviously, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma, two offensive mind guys, obviously. 
And uh, my sleeper is though uh, uh, Baylor's coach, um, Matt Rule. Yeah. Um, and you know Jerry has a lot of ties to the South, and he has a lot of connections with those guys. So who knows? I mean, it's a toss up, but um, you can never predict this guy, obviously. Uh-huh. So no. I mean, you just. I just don't think he's going to dig deep into like a coordinator in the NFL right now. Currently, I think he's going to splash in the college leagues right now to like a guy, Urban Meyer, who is one, you know, has his track record or, um, you know, Lincoln Riley, which, you know, Oklahoma offensive minded guy, great mm-hmm. quarterback coach and young, you know, I think he's going to go young Urban Meyer or young or um, my wild card though is um, Baylor head coach, Matt Rule. To be honest with you. All right, all right. Well, we'll see where Dallas goes. Like you said, you can't really predict Jerry Jones. He does what he wants and when he wants, as we've seen with yeah. Jason Garrett's saga. A few coaches that were spared or quote-unquote safe for this next season. Uh, Matt Patricia with the Detroit Lions retains his job, uh, and as well as their general manager, Bob Quinn. Uh, both, I think all of us can agree that Patricia needs a little more time there, and it was obviously the right decision not to can him, or does anybody disagree with that? I I agree. I agree. Yep, Matt. I agree. Give me give me another year. Yeah, I agree. Gotcha. Hundred um, Second one, uh, which we'll go ahead and head down to Atlanta, will be Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn retains his job as well as the GM uh, Thomas Dimitrioff. First of all, Matt, you agree with both of them being retained, and secondly, how do you see this unfolding through the next few months as far as assistant coaches are concerned? Yeah, no. So uh, I, I agree with the move. Uh, Dan Quinn pretty much at, you know, the, at the bye week, which was the exact middle point of the season, uh, did some real self-evaluating and looked himself in the mirror and said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm messing this up. What I'm, I'm, I'm not doing whatever I'm doing right now, whatever I'm controlling, I need to give it up and, and let's, I need to get help. And, and we turned it around. We went six and two the second half of the year. And, and and now he leaves all the all of us fans, you know, thinking, what if, you know, what if, why, why couldn't we start out the season? Um, I mean, not even one and seven. I mean, go three and and whatever, you know, just a couple more games, and we're right there in the thick of things. So, uh, but with the coaching standpoint, uh, I mean, we we've already moved. Um, uh, What's his name? I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. But we moved him to defensive coordinator full time. Uh, we moved uh, Jeff Ulbrich, who was our linebackers coach. Uh, he started calling plays um, on the defense or help calling plays on the de- defensive side of the ball. He's now assistant head coach. Uh, I, th- I like that move. Okay. Um, so we'll fill out the rest of it, you know, over the next few months. It'll be interesting. Interesting to see who we get. Uh, be nice to get a new offensive line coach in there. Um, Matt Ryan, I believe, was tied uh, with Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray for, uh, you know, being sacked most times in the league. So we got to get that fixed. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I like, I like that they retain Quinn. Uh, I think the second half, like you said, he did some self evaluating. The big thing being on defense. Uh, and, and it was a game changer. It was a game changer for him. And I think as long as they can keep that sort of, they need to roll this momentum that they've gotten this year at the end, of course, um, into next season. And I'm sure they can do something fantastic. This team's still really good at its core. I'm, like you said, the offensive line's definitely going to need some help. Because um, if you give Matt Ryan time to throw, he's proven time and several times that he can make the plays he needs to make. 
the backfield, do you see them going after anybody else running back-wise? Um, yeah, definitely. I, I do definitely see us picking up uh, somebody else. Whether it be, you know, I, I don't see us getting out of the Freeman contract. I think there's still too many years and too much uh, money on there mm-hmm. to to really part ways. Um, I mean, he still showed flashes last year of his old self. We just couldn't run the ball. I mean, our offensive line was trash. We had a bunch of injuries, uh, guys in and out, and just couldn't ever get a good rhythm um, until actually the very end of the year when we got a rookie, both of our first-round picks back in the lineup. And what do you know? We start winning the couple. You know, we won four in a row at the end. So. Hey, hey, Matt. Hey, Matt. Was one of those boys my uh, um, Washington offensive lineman McCrary? Because I remember. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yep. He uh he missed I think uh round pick last year too. He was he, we had two of them and it was mm-hmm. him and guard from uh Chris Lindstrom from Boston College. Yeah. Uh, those were our first round picks last year. We traded for uh, we traded the Patriots. We traded I believe it was the Patriots or the Eagles or somebody for uh uh to move up to get McGrary. and uh, he he's gonna be a beast man. The dude is massive. He's like six foot eight or something. Touch your board, um, He's a tank, so. Country board, yeah. He had oh, yeah. Issue. He had that heart issue. You guys after him, your second uh, pick in the first round, it was like, I don't know what it was, like 28 or 30 or 29 or whatnot. He had that heart issue, and then he came back, but he played a solid, like, two or three games, right? No, no he played, shoot, man. He played way more than that. He uh, Once he came back from that, he played the rest of the year. I think, I think he got uh, banged up. Uh, mid-season, for, and he might have missed a game, maybe two games, but he came back and, and finished out the year. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you as you, as you, you know, you as an offensive line, you really got to build the chemistry. There really is a chemistry there that a lot of people don't know about. The biggest um, one in the game. Yeah, man. Uh, everybody's got to be on the same page there. They got to know what's happening, and it's all it's all happening really fast, really fucking fast. So, um, yeah, yeah, no. Nah. Your thoughts hey. on the Falcons? Yeah, yeah. One more thing about uh, that, Matt. Uh, I want to ask you about um, how Ricardo Ricardo Allen finish the year off. You know, my boy, because I know him personally. Daytona Beach boy, played at Maryland High School, tore his ACL last year, or no, his um, no, his Achilles. Achilles, yeah. Back? Yeah. How did he do the last few weeks, sir? Did he come back? Oh, anyway? he balled out the last game. Had a pick in uh, to end the year there, man. Um, right. Oh, so he was the one to pick off. Uh, uh, no, 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 no. He had a he had an interception earlier in that game. Uh, Winston uh, completely underthrew a, a a bomb pass, a twenty yard, twenty five yard pass, and threw it right to Ricardo Allen. He took it back and shoot, ran it back for probably forty yards before he finally got tackled. It was it was great. Yeah, that's awesome. Sorry, I had to bring that up. Don't yeah, he's a beast, man. I love him, man. He's got Matt Hart. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think he's up for the uh, what's that award they gave to like you know like, Walter Payton. Is it the Walter Payton? Yeah, I believe it's the Walter Payton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good dude. Yep. Going on that though, I think Falcons man with Dan Quinn keeping him. There's a good nucleus on that football team right there though. I mean, Matt Ryan still can play ball. Obviously, we know that. <clears throat> they have um, Julio, um, good receivers. Um, you can't fire him. You got to give him another year. I mean, uh, it started off disappointing, but they showed what that program has, though. They have a little bit of a nucleus. They have, I don't mind Quinn. 
and you know that defensive staff and i think give him a year give him another year yep one more year we'll see what they do with the one year they have <laughs> speaking of one year left to prove it uh doug maroon and dave caldwell both get brought back to jacksonville for next season uh shot Khan made that announcement on december 31st after they have only fired uh tom coughlin throughout the season uh no word yet on any of their assistants or uh, coordinators on who will be retained. None of that has been announced yet. He said he's going to be doing some evaluations in the coming weeks, that being Marone, and that Marone and Dave Caldwell will no longer have a VP of player personnel to report to. It will be directly to him now. So Shad Khan is being directly reported to by Caldwell and Marone. Um, as far as the decision on it, um, I'm kind of – I was asked about, about it from one of our friends earlier today. Um and uh, I told him I'm kind of on both sides of the fence right now. I'm, I don't know which way to go right now. So because on the one hand, uh, I, I like the move of bringing Marone back. I think the players truly do like him. And, and he said, uh, Shad Khan said that was a very big part in retaining him was, you know, the fact that the players did rally around him. Um, on the other hand, you have a very inept offensive line, which is supposed to be your specialty. And we lead the league in penalties. So how much control of this team does Doug Marone truly have, or is this just the players acting out because they didn't want it to nothing to do with Coughlin? You know, that remains to be seen. Um, you have big signings, like if you're called Dave Caldwell. He, in the press conference after being retained, said Yannick Ngakwe is their number one priority, as he should be, whether they bring him back or not. We will we'll see. Uh, Yannick's been very uh, cryptic on his posts lately, so... We'll see what happens. He could be the next one to go out. I think the Tom Coughlin firing was an excellent thing. Uh, a lot of the players were not going to come back to Jacksonville should he have still been there. Not only that, the NFLPA was warning players against going to Jacksonville with, with Tom Coughlin there due to his unnatural findings or whatever he likes to do during his dailies, ins and outs. Uh, I think the move to get rid of Coughlin was excellent. Uh, as do most Jags fans, uh, I'm okay with having one more year, but they got to get the penalties under control. They need to get Yannick and Gakwe re-signed, and they need to make a lot out of this draft with the ninth and 20th overall picks. So I'd see no reason why they can't have massive success in both those fronts. Uh, thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I think it was uh, they're kind of uh, Jaguars in the kind of same sort of position coaching and GM wise at the Falcons. Uh, they're going to give them kind of, you know, one more year here to see what they can do. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, the firing of Tom Coughlin was a huge decision in all of this. So um, I think there's no reason to, you know, I think, you know, hiring a, a new head coach and doing all of that and a new GM, that's a really big thing. It's, it kind of sets the entire team back in my opinion. It's very rare that, mm -hmm. You get a new GM, new head coach, and boom, you know, you're going to the Super Bowl that next year. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really doesn't really happen, so I wish it did, but it doesn't. And uh, so, you know, one more year, you know, see what Doug Maroon can do. Um, they still got a good squad together. Uh, I really believe that. Uh, see if uh, Talvin Smith comes back. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll be huge for, for that defense, too. But uh, that's pretty much – it's pretty simple and clear for me. It's pretty much it. Bobby. I yeah, I agree, Matt. I mean I kinda of agree with both of you guys. Um I mean obviously to me the nucleus of the um Jaguars is obviously, you know, um keeping Ngakwe, you know, back. I mean, I mean he's a he's a beast monster. He's, I mean he's a beast, he's a pro player and we know how he plays football. 
Um, Kevin Smith is a huge thing, you know. Um, but as far as going, you know, through uh, Marone, you know, firing him, I was cool with keeping him. You know, I, I mean, I get it. I mean, um, you know, what, uh, what Khan um, getting rid of uh, what's more called? from it had to be done though. I don't know if he, I mean, what he did, you know, that was uh, horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that needed to be done or not. But, um, I mean, the Jags are there though, you know, they're one of those football teams that, you they're know, right there. Uh, you know, like they had so many bad games, they had really good games. Like, I mean, I'll be honest with you, the last game that you guys, who's you guys played last game? Indy. Uh, and I took uh, uh, Indy, you know, mm-hmm. and, I, and I took Indy getting those seven and a half points or whatnot, you know, and then. Minshew, you know, I mean, they're in a tough situation, though. I mean, like, what do you do with Foles now? Do you release him? And then you you, know, you got to buy him out for the $31 million hit. You know what I mean? That. So, my, I mean my, you, what I think is they, they, you know, you go into next season with an open QB competition and go from there. Minshew, in my opinion, should win it right now. But if they can get a stable offensive line. If they can get a stable I mean, offensive line, and here's another thing you, you, I was thinking about the other day. There's a couple of teams that could be interested in Fulis. You have the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, I mean, Bruce Arians basically just came out and said they're not keeping him. I mean, he said, if we, can, we win, can we win with another quarterback? And he said, well, yeah, we can win with this one. We can probably win with anyone. I mean, I mean, you go out and say that. You're, there's no way James Winston's coming back. Zero chance. Zero. So, I mean. There's no, there's no question about it. Got through 30 interceptions. I mean, but, I mean. It's such a tough situation with the Jaguars in my book right now because, like, you have a guy that, like, is he going to be a um, franchise quarterback? He's showing signs of it, but as a rookie, and what what was he, West, a sixth or seventh round pick? He was a uh, yeah, he was a sixth round pick, uh, and you he know, went he and went like, six and six on the season. Had the most touchdowns. Well, he had the second most touchdowns of anybody, the least interceptions of any rookies, uh, second most yards. Um, he almost passed Kyler Murray in five fewer games. Uh, we were looking you at can't even, you, you can't even make that up what he did. No, he had a fantastic. And he doesn't year. have Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, and I after mean, at the end of the season, he they asked him. They said, you know, how do you feel? Do you feel you were on par or better than any of the rookie QBs? He said, oh, I was the best QB rookie out there. The stats speak for themselves. the The win loss speaks for itself. I mean, yeah, to an extent, it does. He only played twelve games and went six and six. But your second best player in that competition, if you're going by wins and losses that played more than seven or eight games, is going to be Kyler Murray at five, ten, and one. So I mean, he, and then, and then, he also you know, won NFL Rookie of the Week seven weeks. This season, yeah, which it, is a record, never happened before. That's the first time that's ever happened. Correct. Oh wow. Okay. Wow. I didn't even know that. He went. You know, he threw for twenty-one go, touchdowns and six picks, thirty-two hundred yards, set a rookie rec- record for Jacksonville. I mean, and this dude's not even going to get considered for, for rookie of the year at all. He will not get considered at all. He'll probably finish dead last, and it's probably that's how it's going to run out. But I mean, he he plays a full season. Who knows what happens? And then you Very know true. Jacksonville in the off season, you know. Um, Drafts or, or well, uh, signs free agency wise. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're goals, not, you know, a uh, Super Bowl quarterback winning quarterback for what? How much, Wes? Uh, 88 80 million, 50 million guaranteed over so four like, years. What do you do right now? Like, dude, they hit they hit a home run, <laughs> but then you're gonna get a lot of lost money. So, yeah, you're paying um, full is average of 20 a year, so which is well lower. What than would anybody. you ex- what would you accept for a trade, uh, uh, if, to get rid of Foles? What would you accept back, like a would you take like a third? And that's a what third? I was thinking. That's ex- you know, Matt, that's exactly what I was thinking is a third and a fifth just to take third. on the contract load. Yeah. Um, 
if you truly believe that Minshew is your guy, if you truly believe that he is your guy, then yeah, I'm, I'll drop him for that. I'm fine with that. And I mean, you take the hit, you take, and move on. Um, they trade him for another an old veteran that you know doesn't have much left in the tank anymore, but he's got a you know ten million dollar a leader, you know. a leader. Well, yeah, but he could be a leader in the right. locker room. Exactly. You can go ahead and make that trade. That that would be you know. I'm fine with nice. that. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely in a pickle because, I, I mean, in my opinion, I'd start Minshew. I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. Until you get a better offensive line. If you have a stable offensive line next season, I could see Foles potentially beating him out because he's a great pocket passer. But this this, this whole Jacksonville system is built around the pre this, – this not even this era. It was built around the Bortles era. This team was built around Bortles to try and help him succeed. So it was built with a running quarterback concept in mind because that's how he is. He's one of those guys that takes off real quick, and, and that's why Minshew fits so well into it in that it's Nick Foles is not. I mean, it's that simple. But uh, there's, there's a lot of decisions to be made over in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Seasons. It'll be really fun to watch. It will be, and uh, I'm definitely – you know of all people, I'm probably the most excited. Uh, let's go ahead and get into some MVP talk. Now, I would say the three of us would all, as unanimously, we should pick Lamar Jackson as our MVP. But uh, how about somebody else? Let's let's think of somebody not named Lamar and, and choose them as our MVP. Um, I'll go ahead and start it out because uh, I've been kind of thinking about this a lot. There was a lot of people that I had under consideration. Um, you know, you have uh, Christian McCaffrey who had a great year. He kind of tailed off towards the end. Um, I mean, there's just a lot of players you can go for that you could pick. And uh, But I, I've decided I'm going to go with my guy, who I started the season out with, and I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Now, the reason I'm going with Russell Wilson is this dude has, <clears throat> the last few years, single-handedly been able to keep this team together by himself. I mean, I believe he set a record last year, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, for most, uh, he, he was the most involved in touchdowns last season. Like, he was involved in all but, like, one touchdown for his team last year, including running and stuff like that. So it was crazy. He threw for over 4,000 yards, 31 touchdowns, only five interceptions. I mean, fantastic year. But he's leading the Seahawks to the playoffs again. They'd be a top, you know, top two or top three team if it wasn't for the playoff seeding. And now they're a wild card team due to a, a, a not a not even a bad loss, a loss to a divisional rival who is also playing fantastic in the 49ers. I'm going with Russell Wilson. I like the dude. I think he's a beast. I think he's solid uh, year after year, and uh, he's gotten a little bit help, a little bit of help this year, but he's still putting up over four thousand, and he's keeping those numbers quality and clean. Matt, who do you got? Uh, yeah, I got Michael Thomas from Michael the New Thomas. Orleans Saints. Yes. Yeah, bro. Uh, so yeah, we can make this easy real quick, Matt. Go ahead and talk about him because that's who I got, bro. Real quick, bro. I mean, one hundred and forty-nine receptions, one thousand seven. There's yeah, 725 yards. Oh yeah. Uh, dude's a beast without Drew Brees for what six weeks it was, some five, six, seven. Still weeks. beast in it with Teddy Bridgewater. Still, still killing it. Uh, without him, man, who knows? Who knows where the Saints would be? That's my pick right there, man. I'll be honest with you. Um, I'm rolling with you, Matt. I mean, I remember this boy, man. He's a Florida boy. Went to Ohio State <laughs> University. He can play ball, man. I mean, I mean that boy is—he's a bully. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I, when I watched games recently, I can't believe how they just, we talked about this on text. Why they one-on-one, you know what I mean? They don't even put a safety on yeah. or a nickel D or anything on them. Um, like you said, though, nasty. I mean, um, 149 catches, 
1,725 yards, averaging <laughs> almost 12 yards a catch. You know, I'm going with Michael Thomas, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, dude's a beast, man. To me, he is the – I mean, Julio had banged up injuries. I get it, whatnot, but I got to give Michael Thomas his, uh, the best – No, I'm giving him his due. I'm giving him his due. He, he yeah. killed it. He, he's a, he's yeah. a beast, man. Yeah. Yeah. He is I mean, worth every penny of that contract. The kid's six foot three, you know, two hundred and fifteen pounds, uh, and I mean, he's confident. He plays hard, and Drew Brees is still playing at a very high level at what 38, 39 years old. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I got him too, bro. I cannot argue yep. that one bit. Coach of the year, I wrestled with this one so much. There's so many people I think that are deserving of it, but uh, Bobby, who you got? This one's easy for me. Go ahead, Matt. Roll with that. Bro, this is easy. John Harbaugh, man. John Harbaugh. You could say that's gimmicky, too easy, whatever. But, I mean, dude, the the way he's done with the the schemes and everything that, 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 you know, he's come up with it for Lamar Jackson, the defense. uh, Yeah, having great players is nice, but you got to put it all together, man. And he's done it. And, I mean – Done it. Ravens look very scary, man, going yes. to the playoffs here. Yes, they do. I agree with you 100%. That, that's a good one. Bobby, you got one? I can jump on that, man. You know, I'm going to be a little bit of a homer right now, but I'm going to roll Pete Terrell, man. A lot of people didn't think the Seahawks were going to roll at that, you know, the record that they have right now. You know, I mean, I don't want to talk about the last game, you know, that debacle mm-hmm. you know, there at the end, you know, with the, um, you know, with the, um, the one yard line in uh, the one yard line, you know, uh, delay a game and all that. But I mean, nobody thought, I mean, especially with a lot of the injuries they've had going on all year long. And uh, Russell Wilson to me, you know, is behind, you know, we behind um, Michael Thomas outside of, um, you know, the quarterback for Baltimore and whatnot. I mean, he's, he's the MVP. So I, I think Pete Carroll, man, I mean, honestly, I think, I mean, they have it, they've done a great job right now. Sitting at twelve and four, so um, I mean, I'll give it to Pete Carroll. I mean, I think they've done a really good job. We'll see what happens at Philly this week. Mm, okay, all right. So the Harbaugh, Harbaugh and Carroll, I like that. I'm gonna go with. Uh, so I wrestled with this because I was gonna go with Flores because I think he's doing an excellent job, but I'm I'm gonna hold off on him. I'm gonna hold off on him. I'm actually gonna go Sean McDermott. I'm gonna go Sean McDermott as coach of the year with the Bills. I think that that team is Your just. Call. I Your think call. that team's just rolling right now. And what he's been able to do in the yeah. short amount of time that he's been there, I mean, we have to think about how long the Bills have sat. Out, I mean, over 20 years without being in the playoffs. This team is finally starting to put everything together. Josh Allen, regardless of what people have thought of him, has, is continuing to thrive. He's a he's an excellent running quarterback. If Lamar Jackson wasn't in the league, we'd be talking about his great rushing ability this year. Uh, the, the kid can play, and he's doing good. That defense is nasty with Oliver over on the defensive side. I really like that that defense, Edmonds and all of them. I think that's a really good squad they got. Uh, Frank Gore, Timeless Wonder out there still doing it, uh, just pushing, basically saying, hey, look, young kids, I'm, I'm still doing this. Why can't you all do it too? And I, I think that's a motivating factor for that team, really. I mean, I think at this point a lot of them want to go get him a ring. You know, they want, they want to go out there and fight for him. So, I mean – and this is all because of something that McDermott's been able to bring together. They've gotten great game plans week in, week out. They they are competitive every week, doesn't matter who it is. 
Um, I mean, they're competitive with the Patriots losing their starting quarterback, and we're still able to almost get it done with Barkley. So, I mean, that's that's huge. But, yeah, I'm going to go with McDermott this year. I think he, he very much deserves it. And behind him in the close second, I, I'll put Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel also had a great year. I was just going to say, Mike Vrabel, what he's done with Tennessee right now. I'm, I'm, it's a I good can't one. wait for that game tomorrow. I think it's going to be a really good game. I agree. I do, too. Yeah, um, yeah. I love Rabel. I loved him when he was at New England, to be honest with you, right there, man. I, I remember he was a linebacker. So, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Offensive Rookie of the Year Award. So who do we have as our Offensive Rookie? Uh, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go ahead and start it. Uh, my Offensive Rookie of the Year has got to be Josh Jacobs. Uh, 242 rushing attempts, over uh, 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns. He had a great rookie season. I really wanted to go with Gardner Minshew, but I tried to find somebody else that, you know, kind of started all 16 and was out there in and out. Only one fumble lost all year. Only one fumble all year. Uh, I really like this kid. I, I was completely wrong about him in the draft. I uh, basically said he was going to be a bust, and he proved me completely wrong, so I got to give him his due, averaging almost five yards a rush. Josh Jacobs is my vote for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Matt, who you got? I got A.J. Brown. Uh, from the Tennessee Titans, and uh, I like to pick when I make these picks. I like to uh, pick the, t- the I like to pick the player that's the team's gone going to the playoffs. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, AJ Brown, he had over a thousand yards receiving. I think eight or nine touchdowns. Had a really good year. Led the team in receiving. Really picked it up in the second um, half of the year. Yeah. Exactly. So. That, that's my pick, man. Uh, I think he did really good. And, and if and if without playoff implications, then yes, Josh Jacobs for sure from from Oakland. Understood, understood. Bobby, who you got? Yeah. So you know what? I mean, I'm kind of rolling with West right now. I mean, I really wanted to lean to uh, Kyler Murray. You know, the no more pick in the draft. Um, started off, you know, decent in preseason. Had his ups and downs. They Carolina. Uh, um, Cardinals finished really good, you know, late in the season. So, um, and he showed a lot of potential that went out. But, I mean, I got to go with Josh Jacobs. I had him as, you know, when we were doing our trap picks and whatnot, I kind of had him um, late in the first round. Um, we actually both predicted started. him to guy, uh, Oakland, this, I believe. This guy, this, this guy wasn't a featured running back in at Alabama. That just shows how – much of a factory Alabama football is. Uh-huh. His numbers spoke for himself. So, um, I, I mean, I got to roll with Josh Jacobs. And, you know, it was close, though, because Kyler Murray has really showed me a lot here, you know, in the last four or five weeks. But um, I got to roll with Josh Jacobs on that. Yep. All right. Defensive rookie of the year. Matt, you want to take this one? Yeah, sure. I'll take this one. Uh, I got uh, Nick Bosa. Um, I think he's – yeah, both the brothers, man. I think I don't know what's in there uh, going on in their gene pool, man. But goddamn, I know <laughs> they, right? they can. They're producing some some hell of a football players. Um, and again, um, with I, I wanted to pick uh, Devin Bush from the Steelers, but again, I like to do pick a player that's uh, that took their team to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But Devin Bush was, uh, I I was actually kind of disappointed the Falcons didn't select him in the draft. Um, I thought he would have been really good. I, I don't know if we're going to be able to re-sign Devondre Campbell, so I thought he would have been nice to get in there, and he played phenomenal for the Steelers. I don't think really many people, you know, not many people shined a light on the Steelers after, you know, all the Antonio Brown stuff and mm-hmm. Big Ben getting hurt. Mm-hmm. They kind yeah, of 
Yeah, so um, no, Nick Bosa is, is my pick, though. Bobby, you got one? Yeah, I mean, I'm rolling with Matt. I mean, Bosa, you know. Um, I mean, the numbers speak for itself. I mean, he's, you know, he dominated, you know, from <clears throat> pretty much his whole career, you know, coming from, say, one of Thomas High School in Florida, Ohio State. And, um, I mean, I mean, this speaks for itself. I mean, his numbers, I'm trying to look him up right now, but uh, I got to roll with Matt. He said everything I was going to say. I mean, I can't say anything else besides this post it, but Devin Bush, amazing football player, man. That guy is a preliminary pro bowl player. So, um, but I gotta go with Bosa on that. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Homer here. I'm gonna take Josh Allen. I mean, I understand the team didn't make the playoffs. I I get that. My pick. Um, my pick that I told you that they're gonna take. Yep, yep. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if, if you if you break down the stats between the two, Bosa had one more tackle. Uh, Josh Allen had a one and a half more sacks. Um, Bosa had one forced fumble. Uh, Allen had two forced fumbles. Uh, though Allen didn't have an interception. Uh, we know all know Nick Bosa had one one of those big games earlier in the year. I mean the stats are extremely similar. Uh, and just me personally being a homer, I just watched this kid play all year, and I think he's done ex- a very good job. I know he won't win it. Um, but I think he did good, and I think he should be noticed. The one big thing that does hurt him though is I think he plays on a little bit better of a defensive line. That being said, he plays probably a quarter of the snaps that uh, that Bosa plays. Allen being in for only about 65% of the snaps on the season, I, I believe. It was something like that, and I can assure you almost Bosa was on a higher, higher, higher percentage than that. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to pick Josh Allen. I think the kid did great and deserves a little recognition, so I'm going to give it to him. <laughs> there you go. Uh, last but not least, we're going to do comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year, guys. See, if you don't have one, I can go ahead and start off with this one. I got a really good one, one I've been kind of waiting to talk about, and mainly the reason I wanted to do this anyway. <laughs> um, let me see. I'll start if you don't want to. Go ahead, go ahead. Marshawn Lynch, baby. Oh, my God. He came in, they should, and they should have gave him that ball, too, right there on that two-yard line in that situation. But I'm telling you right now, Marshawn Lynch is going to be the comeback. You know what? He's going to be the first one ever to get comeback player of the year for only playing one, two, maybe three or four or five games. But, boom, I'm calling Marshawn Lynch. He's going to go out and right. say it. That was amazing. When he's going to just... get one in Philly this weekend. And I'm not saying that my boys from Seattle, the Hawks, are going to win the whole thing, but Marshawn Lynch, I'm telling you, beast mode is back, baby. Ooh. Yeah, it was hilarious when they threw that's, Skittles that's, out, out on him. Yeah. That touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Did, you see, did you see what the stadium did, dude, when he threw up there throwing Skittles and he's throwing up his – they love him over there, bro. Oh, like, yeah. Bro, they love it. Yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, it's great. obviously there's other ones, obviously, you know, throughout the year, but no, whatever. That's my pick, so whatever. I mean, it's not a real pick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, Matt, you got one? You want to go ahead? Or you want me to take it? Uh, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. So mine for my comeback player of the year, I'm going Ryan Tannehill. I have to. Like, There's no other option in my book. 2,700 oh, yards, yeah. 22 touchdowns, 6 picks. No doubt one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the second half of the season. I mean, he is the reason that team is in the playoffs right now. He has gone and played consistently every game and has been, I mean, flat out. In my, I mean, you have to also think the suit's coming off a of ACL injury from the year prior too, 
or was the year before that. He's, he's still coming off an ACL injury, and he's looked fantastic. So, I mean, he's got his team in the playoffs. Will they win against New England? We'll see. But uh, Tannehill, yeah, he's my he's my vote. Matt, what you got? Man, this one's really too hard for me. I mean, I got a list of them here, man. I got like <laughs> five or six of them right here, man. Uh, it's so hard. I mean, Dalvin Cook. Ooh, that's a good uh, one. That's got, a good one. I mean, yeah, man. I mean, the, the injuries that he's been through to come back and play the way he did this year and lead his team the way he did. I mean, you got Jimmy Garoppolo after what happened last year mm-hmm. uh, coming in and coming back. Uh, Brandon Brooks, the guard from uh, the Eagles, you know, was a huge, you know, one of the better guards in the league. And then uh, I think he tore his ACL. I believe that's what happened. But uh, was a big, you know, part of their team uh, winning the Super Bowl. Uh, you also got Cooper Cup, you know, getting hurt, tearing an ACL uh, last season, and then coming back and getting over a hey, thousand yards this season. Hey, what, what about Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah, the year? Teddy you know, Bridgewater. Yes, sir. Travis 4-0. Frederick, your boy, your boy Travis Frederick. Yep, Travis Frederick. Yep, coming off that. Yep. Yep, yes, yep. sir. Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas coming mm-hmm. off his. Uh, would he break his leg last year? Or you know, you know, I was, you know, I was being a homer with my boy Sorensen with that whole Marshawn, but I'm telling you, maybe I just, <laughs> the, the new comeback player of the year. But no, but I mean, yeah, there's so many out there. There's so there. many out there, man. It's it's really really. And then again, and then Wes, you picked a good one, Ryan Tannehill. You know that was that's a good pick. He, he came in and took over uh, the Titans and and led them to the playoffs. So. Yeah, there's just there's too many to just single out one in my opinion. So Matt's gonna just cover the slate. He just covered the slate for us. So he has multiple comeback players of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you get a comeback player of the year. You get a comeback. He's handing out like Oprah over here. Woo. All right. Lastly, before we wrap up, let's go ahead and do our wild card game picks. We'll start out in the uh, AFC, finish up with the NFC, and then we'll uh, we'll call it a night, fellas. Um, let's go ahead and start out in Houston. We have Buffalo heading to Houston to take on the AFC South champion Texans. Again, it is being played in Houston. Uh, Matt, what you thinking on this one? This is tough. These are tough. Yeah, this, this is tough, but I, I actually, man, I, I'm riding with the bills, man. Uh, I think their defense is, is good enough to be able to stop, uh, D D Hopkins and, and Will Fuller and on Carlos Hyde and them guys. And, um, they'll sneak away with the win. It's it's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be a close game, defensive game. Um, I'm I'm picking the Bills to win this, 18 to 16. Bills, 18 to 16. All right, Bobby, yeah. let's hear. It. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I'm kind of on board with Matt right now. I mean, both teams are 10 to 6 right now. It's a very evenly matched up. I'll be honest with you right now, guys. I think this might be one of the better games this weekend out of the uh, four. Agreed. Um. I like Allen. I like the way he escapes out of the pocket. Um, Houston's, you know, DNs, you know, uh, Watt's not there. And, uh, Watt will be there. Ryan's He's playing. There. I think he was activated. Is yes, Watt was, yeah, Watt was activated. Yep. I don't know what kind of factory is going to be in that game, but um, I, I, love, I love Buffalo's defense, you know. I mean, I, I love their secondary. Their linebackers move real quick. I love their nickel defense that they play. Um, hell of a game. You know what? I'll be honest with you, I can't wait to watch this game tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Um, I got Buffalo winning this game 23-20. 23-20, all right. Both of them close games. All right, man. Like, I, It's funny because I just hyped up Sean McDermott, and I, I, you know, you wouldn't think I'd go against him, and, and I, I've thought about it. 
Very hard. Um, I'm going to go with Buffalo on this one. <laughs> I'm taking the Bills, man. Uh, I kind of like what you guys are saying. You know, it's a lot of the same stuff. They've been playing really good this year. Obviously, I like Allen's mobility. That's a huge factor against somebody like uh, like Watt on the defensive side. Again, I don't know how much, like Bobby said, a factor he's going to be, but you, you got to always think about it. Um, D-Hop's going to get his yards. It's kind of a guarantee, but I'll be honest with you. I really don't like how Houston's played at home this season. They haven't been the uh, the big powerhouse that you would think being at home. So I say Buffalo's going to go to Houston and shock them in this one, and it's going to be a close one. Just like you guys said, I'm going to take them 20-24. Uh, Buffalo wins. Yeah. Too many games. Tennessee at New England, your nightcap for Saturday. Tennessee is going into a monumental challenge. David versus Goliath, if you will. Vrabel versus Belichick. Tannehill versus Brady. Uh, I think in this one, the key really is going to be if you're Tennessee holding on to the ball on the offense, this is the perfect game for Derrick Henry. He should be getting the ball no less than 25 times in this game. No less. He needs to be consistently out there keeping that clock rolling because the longer you keep that defense wearing down on the field, that's a win. Brady can't get into a sink. And we saw last week with the Dolphins, if you can keep Brady out of sync throughout the game or not give them a lot of time on offense or also even at this point in his career, put the ball in Brady's hands late with a very tough, you know, seven, four point game, something like that, at least a touchdown, you can get it done. And I, I, I'm i I'm hard pressed to pick, ten, or to pick against Tennessee, but I am because it's New England. I'm going to take New England in this one in a very close one. Another one of them, I think that's going to be kind of the staple, 31-28. What you got, Matt? Yeah, I mean, I got I got the Patriots winning this game. I got them winning uh, 24-21. to 21. It's going to be a really close game. I almost wanted to pick the Titans almost for the same reasons Wes just pointed out uh, with Derrick Henry. Uh, I think once you get him going and then Ryan Tannehill can work with play action and any offense in the NFL works good once you get that going. So uh, it's going to be hard, though. The Patriots' defense is, is the best in the league, you know, if top three if not. Um, so that's why I'm going to pick them to win it, and it's at home. So, yeah, not much else to say on that. How about you, Bobby? i tell you what right now, man. Uh... I love Derrick Henry. Titans play the type of football that I love. Pound, pound, boom. Good quarterback play right now. Um, but I cannot go against uh, Belichick and Brady until they prove me wrong. Exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Until they prove me wrong. I got this game 32 to 17, Patriots. So, oh, wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. A little until bit of a walk away. Got you. All right. Moving on to the NFC, Minnesota at New Orleans. Yes, that rematch. It's going to be in the Superdome this time. Sunday, 1.05 p.m. is when this game starts. Uh, Bobby, let's go ahead and start with you. Who are you taking? Um, good football game. I mean, you know, apparently the Vikings are pretty banged up right now. Um, love Dalvin Cook and love company. Um, when you're playing in the Superdome, that's a tough place to play. They're playing at a high level of football right now. Breeze is hot, and to me, they have the best player in football this year, like we just talked about earlier in Michael Thomas. Um, they're using Kamara. Kamara is finally a little bit healthy right now. Um, I see the Saints kind of running away with this game myself, 28 to, 28 to 14. All right, Matt, what you got? Yeah, I'm right there with you, Bobby. I see uh, – I actually had the same score as well, 28-14 Saints. 
Um, the, the Vikings have not beat a winning a team with a winning record all year. They're frauds. Kirk Cousins a fraud. He's a guy. Um, He's a guy. Get out of here. He's, He's a, a guy. guy. He's just a guy. Uh, and you know who's not? Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Drew Brees is not just a guy. You know who's not? Michael <laughs> Thomas. He's, he's not. I can I can keep going with all the yeah, guys yeah. in the Saints. I hate the Saints, but they got a hell of a squad, man. I respect them. Um, yeah, I, I, got, I got them. I got them crushing them. And like Matt was saying, though, I think tomorrow, you know, they're starting to put him in a little bit more right now. You know, he's starting to get a little more healthy than he's been all year long. They've been That's saving him. Yep. yep, I'm picking New Orleans too, and kind of under the same circumstances. I want to see, I want to see Kirk Cousins show me how to win a playoff game, and that's probably not going to happen. So, give me Drew Brees, give me the experience. 35-20, New Orleans takes it. There will be no Minneapolis miracle in in, in New Orleans. We will go ahead and finish up with our last matchup: Seattle at Philly wild card matchup. 440. Carson Wentz, Russell Wilson. And uh, Nelson Aguilar will not be going for Philly. I'll go ahead and start this one out. I think Seattle goes and gets the job done in Philly. Um, I don't think the team plays as well under Foles. There, I said it. Uh, you're losing your, one of your best wide receivers out there. Your running game hasn't been great. It's been suspect. I think this team only gets in because they play in a lousy NFC East. No offense to you, Bobby. But uh, I'm taking Seattle in this one. I don't even think it's going to be close. And I think there's going to be beer bottles raining down on this team uh, halfway through the game. Give me Seattle in this one, 35 to 13. Wow, I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm on the exact opposite of you, man. Get it? Um, I got I got uh Philly winning this game. They lost 17 to nine uh, when they played in Philly earlier this year, but uh, Philly did not have uh, who well, they have their leading rusher, two Pro Bowl linemen, three of their top receivers. Um, and and just kind of played a little bit of a sloppy game as well. But I think they're going to tighten it all up. I know they still got a little bit, you know, like you said, Aguilar is still injured. Um, I don't think he's all that great anyway, so whatever. Uh, as long as Zach Ertz is out there and you got uh, <laughs> Go Dirt, whatever that Goddard. name is, their backup Goddard. I, I Dallas Go Goddard, Dirt. yep. Go Dirt. I call him Go Dirt. Joe Dirt. Go Joe yep. Dirt. Exactly, exactly. That's my man. I think he's he's actually, you know, it's nice that when you have players uh, on the rookie contracts, man, and, and and they step up and play well for you like that. Um, Eagles have been in playoff mode for a minute now, for a month. So I, I just think they're they're ready to go. They're locked and loaded, man, and um, they're going to steal one from Seattle. Score. <laughs> You got a score for me? You got a score for me? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. You're uh, fine. What was it? I got the Eagles winning. This is going to be another really good game. Uh, 27-24. 27-24. Bobby, finish us up. It's going to be a really good game, guys. It's going to be a really good game. I'll tell you what, man. Because, I mean, Seattle is going across country. I mean, last weekend, that loss was huge. Even though, like Pete Carroll said, like, Hey, we're good. We we play great on the road. I think they only went what they only they went like four and or uh, I don't know what they went on the road there at home this year. I mean, they were five hundred on the home this year. Mm-hmm. It's rare for Seattle. Um, it's gonna be a tough game for Seattle to be honest with you right now. Um, I think the difference maker is gonna be um the defensive line in the front seven for the Seahawks in this game. Um, uh, the Eagles 
are, I mean, you got to give it to Wentz right now. He's been playing really good ball for the last five weeks. You know, I mean, he's, he's pulling guys off the street right now, you know, mm-hmm. and he's making plays happen, you know, and he's doing what they need to do to win. It's going to go down to the last, fellas. It's going to go down to the last job in this game. I got Seattle pulling out a really tough, fucking hard-fought football game. I think it's going to be 24-21 Seattle. And um, Russell comes through again, and the Marshawn gets the touchdown. <laughs> there you go. Your comeback player of, of the year getting it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Extra Point. We look forward to watching these games these next couple days. Enjoy them, and we'll be back next week to cover the divisional round playoffs. Take it easy. All right, fellas. Yep. Peace.